2 Timothy chapter 1, just one verse today. It's verse number 7. You know it well. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I wonder if maybe together we could read this one verse aloud. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Father, thank you for your word and thank you for what you have promised to give us, Lord. Every gift that you give us is perfect. It is blessed. It is heavenly. It is divine. We pray now, God, that you would speak to us, Lord. Speak to us, Lord, and inspire your word in us so that it can also be inspired through us. We give you thanks and praise for that, and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Some may think this to be a strange text on the Sunday before Christmas. After all, Christmas is a season of joy and a season of celebration. One of my favorite songs of the season says, It's the most wonderful time of the year. I love that one. With the kids jingle belling and everyone telling. Anyway, I won't sing it, but I love that song. It just kind of gets me there. And it is the most wonderful time of the year. It was wonderful the day of Christmas, the very first day of Christmas, the day of Christ's birth. Can you imagine how wonderful this day? Imagine with me years of silence, hundreds of years, in fact, silence. No word from God, no prophecies from the prophets. They were just standing on what God had already said, longing for what God would say next, waiting for what God would do for those words to be fulfilled. It was wonderful because all at once, suddenly, there was activity. There was a voice. There was a message. Miracles began to unfold the very first day of Christmas, the day of Christ's birth. Prophecies that had been spoken years before, hundreds of years before, all at once now are unfolding and being fulfilled right before their eyes. You want to talk about a wonderful time of the year. You want to talk about a wonderful day. It was wonderful. The angels, the shepherds, the wise men, the little town of Bethlehem. It was wonderful that day. But I also believe that it's wonderful right now. I believe Christmas can be a wonderful, wonderful day, a wonderful time of the year. It's a time of celebration. It's a time of love. It's a time of laughter. It's a time of joy. It's a time of peace. I'm afraid that what happened this weekend will go without much fanfare. Does anybody even know what happened this weekend? You're proving my point wonderfully. The war in Iraq officially has ended. See, you again proved my point wonderfully. That's, that was good. 
nothing. No, I'm just, I'm just saying that's us. That's our society. Right? But all the troops are now out. I heard it again this morning. They were getting them out. They, uh, they uh, rolled up the flag, put down the flag, and all the troops are now out of Iraq. Now, there's still a lot going on in the world, but I'm, it's a wonderful time of the year, a time of peace, joy, and laughter, a time of family. Anybody have some family coming in for Christmas? Anybody have family coming in from out of town? Anybody leaving to go to somebody's home for Christmas? Yeah, be with your family. It's wonderful. And the food, we, we must talk about the food this wonderful time of the year. Anybody planning on eating too much? The rest of you, going, I'm going to have an altar call just for that. Because whether you're planning on it or not, you're probably going to eat too much. It's a wonderful time of giving giving gifts and receiving gifts. It's a wonderful time. But I want to, the reason I chose this text today, because for some, actually for many, Christmas is not so wonderful. Christmas, for some, is one of the hardest seasons of the year. You see, this week and this entire month, in fact, some are lonely. They're alone. They're without certain loved ones that maybe were here last year or years before. Some are longing, always yearning for yesterday, for yesteryear, always looking back to the way it used to be, never satisfied with where they are now. And some are fearful. In fact, they're paralyzed by anxiety, worry, doubt, and fear. December is one of the highest months of the whole 12-month calendar. December is one of the highest months for suicide reports. More suicides this time of the year than any other time of the year. I think we need to address this. I think we need to talk about this because I feel that even among us and our family that there may be some who are lonely, who are longing. Maybe some are fearful. Maybe we can do something about that. I know that God wants to do something about that. But maybe the way that God will do something about it is through you and through me. It might be through us. As I studied the old, old story again, I saw something. I saw a common thread woven throughout the characters of the nativity. It was fear. These highly favored and hand-selected ones grappled with some of the same feelings and emotions that we do. Fear. Mary feared. Didn't she? Joseph, her husband, husband-to-be, he feared. Zacharias, John the Baptist's daddy, he feared. The shepherds feared. There was a theme, I thought, of fear through the Christmas story and through the Christmas season. 
I want to talk about just a few of their fears because perhaps there may be some here today or perhaps someone you know that will also be struggling with fear this holiday season. One fear that I saw was the fear of the unexpected. If you're taking notes, jot this down, the fear of the unexpected. Luke chapter 1 says in verse 26, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. He was sent to a virgin who was betrothed or engaged to a man named Joseph. He was the, of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled or fearful at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, look at this in verse number 30, Do not be afraid, for you have found favor with God. I want you to just think about the life of this young lady, this young very possibly teenage girl. They were engaged at an early age. She could have been anywhere from 13 to 19, as early as 13, possibly. No one knows for sure. The Bible doesn't tell us her exact age because maybe that's not important to us. But she was a young girl engaged to be married with all of these dreams and hopes and aspirations for her life, she got the man that she wanted to get, Joseph. She'd been looking at Joseph for a long time, maybe. Finally, God's favor and God's blessing, because the Bible's very clear that she was blessed of God and she was favored of God. So I believe part of God's favor and part of God's blessing was to include Joseph in her life. How many believe that because God loves you and God favors you and God wants to bless you, He'll bring people into your life that will help you to be better? I believe that. I believe God brought you into my life so you'll help me to be better. Come on and look at somebody and tell them, say, God sent you to me and you're going to help me be better. Amen. I believe that. God gives us children. Our children help us to be better. God gives us a spouse, possibly. That spouse is to help us be better. God gives you pastors. They're to help you be better because of God's love and His favor and His blessing on our lives. Here she was growing up, dreaming romantic dreams like all girls. She kept herself pure. She kept herself holy. She kept herself right with God. She was engaged and anticipating marriage, and then everything changed. Then the unexpected came to this young lady. An angel stops by. Gabriel drops in. The Bible says she thought, what, what a strange greeting this was. I think, I think there's more here than that is really being said. Can you imagine for a moment an angel dropping by your house and speaking to you? I think I might be a little bit afraid, too. I have a feeling all of us in this room would also be a little bit afraid as well. 
the unexpected happened and panic set in. Because I believe panic is one of the first things to happen when the unexpected. We panic, don't we? We push the panic button. I thought it was going to go like this, and all of a sudden it's going like this. I thought I was going to go this way, and now I, I have to go this way. I didn't even want to go that way, but I don't have a choice. Because the unexpected happened. Does anybody know what I'm talking about here this morning? The unexpected arrives. The unknown comes. The unintended happens. What do you do? How do you respond? How do you react at the unexpected? Listen, even the best made plans may be interrupted and seemingly go wrong. I say seemingly because it's not over till God says it's over. Somebody come on and say amen today. It's not over till God says it's over. It may not be going like you thought it was going to go. It may not be going like you had planned it and, and schemed it out and laid it out. But it's not over till God says it's over. And it may not go as badly as you think. Just hold on and, and settle tight. Watch what God does. Some fear every interruption. Her life was interrupted, clearly. What she had planned and what she had hoped and what she had dreamed, it was completely interrupted by God. By God. Some fear every interruption. Every phone call is a possible threat. Every letter is opened fearfully. Every meeting is suspect. Don't live your life that way. Refuse to go into this Christmas fearing the unexpected, fearing the unplanned, the unknown. Look at the good news that the angel brought that day. It was unexpected. It was unplanned. But oh, what good news the angel brought to Mary that day. She was highly favored from God. How many desire to be highly favored from God? Let me see your hand this morning if you want to be highly favored from God. I desire to be highly favored from God. I want you to know today, and don't take this personally, but I am God's favorite son. I am God's favorite child. You want to wrestle with me over this? You want to fight with me over this? This is just how I feel. This is just how I view it. I am highly favored of God. You ought to feel the same way. You ought to say the same thing. I am God's son. I am God's daughter. I am God's child. And God loves me and he favors me. Hallelujah. She was highly favored. The Lord was with her. How many want the Lord to be with you everywhere that you go? When you wake up in the morning, you know that God is with you. As you travel throughout your day, you know that God is with you in your car and out of your car. When you walk and when you get up and when you lay down, the Lord is with you. And when you finally go to sleep at night, you want the Lord to be with you then as well. Hallelujah. That can happen for us, church. It happened for this young teenage girl. It can happen for us. She was highly favored. The Lord was with her and he had blessed her life. And now, she would be part of one of the greatest miracles to ever happen. She would carry God's son, even though she had never, never had sex with a man, never been with Joseph or any other man for that matter. The Holy Spirit would bring God's seed to her. Don't fear the unexpected. 
Don't fear the unplanned and the unknown. Hear the word of the Lord speak to you just as he spoke to her. Don't be afraid. God is with you. God is on your side, and if God be for you, who could be against you? There is fear. We'll all grapple with this. We'll all deal with this, and there's different types of fear. Different situations can bring fear in our life. I saw another fear that came from Joseph. Joseph feared loss. There was the fear of personal loss. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed or engaged to Joseph, before they came together, does everybody understand what the Bible's saying right here? Mm-hmm. She was found with child or pregnant of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, that's important to note, and not wanting to make a public spectacle or example of her, he thought he would put her away secretly. In other words, she could go somewhere for nine months, deliver the baby, they get married, everybody think it's their baby anyhow. Let's send her off to Aunt Madge or somewhere, I don't know. But while he was thinking about all these things, see, he was thinking of, of, a, of a human plan, of a mankind-made plan, see. While he was thinking about all these things, here comes the angel again. <laughs> An angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph as well in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid to take to you, Mary, your wife, For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son. You will call his name Jesus, and he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took to him his wife Mary and did not know her or did not have sex with her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and they called his name Jesus. Now, I want you to imagine Joseph for a moment. Here's Joseph. He maybe had his eye on Mary for a little while too, right? Fine little thing. Finally growing up. Finally becoming of age where I could even ask for her hand. Well, he must have asked, and it must have been approved because they were officially engaged. And so the man starts dreaming. See, a woman's dreams are a lot different from a man's dreams because we're from different planets. Come on. All the men said amen, and all the women said amen. You know we're from different planets. So Mary's wheels are turning, and she's dreaming about this, that, and the other, and it's all romantic. Joseph's wheels are turning, and he's dreaming about some other things, taking care of his family and providing for his family and and all the things that the men dream about. We got our dreams, don't we, men? Then here's that angel again. Here's the news. I would say not such good news. 
Not at first. I, we know the end. We've already read the end. We know it ends up getting good. But initially, I, I wouldn't call that good news. Right? It's awful news. Mary's pregnant. That's not good news. I mean, I've never even been with her, he's thinking. So I know it's not mine. And there's only one way you get pregnant. That's God's way. That's God's blessed way. And by the way, sex is reserved for marriage, ladies and gentlemen. That's not even in my notes. That's all free right there. I think we do a disservice by skirting the issue and dancing around this. And, and, and we got to hit this every now and then. we got to teach what the Bible says about sex about the proper relationship between a man and a woman. It's, it's within the confines of marriage. Come on, somebody help me today. Mary's pregnant. Everything. The wheels come to a screeching halt. The cogs are all messed up now. You can't keep dreaming the same way now. Her unexpected now changed his, his personal investment in his his thoughts of the future everything is lost nothing can be like i thought that's what he's thinking his dreams are shattered his castles crumble he thought probably i'll lose mary even but he was a good man the bible says a just man and wanted to do the right thing not even really knowing what the right thing is. you've ever been there you don't even really know what the right thing is to do anybody ever been there God will speak to you too. I believe God will speak to you. May not be through Gabriel, may not be through an angel of the Lord, but I believe that God will speak to you if you'll just wait on Him and listen for the, His words. He had real fears, fear of loss. We fear some of these same things, losing our children, losing our job, losing our ministry, fear of loss. Now, I want you to notice something that I saw. Joseph wasn't afraid of the angel. Joseph was afraid of loss. He's thinking all these man-made thoughts of how he can correct things, right? And the Bible says very clearly that as he was thinking about these things, then the angel spoke to him through a dream. He wasn't afraid of the angel. He was afraid that everything that he had planned is now changed and he's lost. He's lost face and reputation and status. Not everybody got the privilege of the angel coming and, and verifying the news, did they? Mary got a visitation. Joseph got a visitation. The shepherds got a visitation. Not everybody in the town got this visitation. They didn't all have the privilege of knowing she is with child and it's of the Holy Spirit. There is speculation and there's gossip and there's talk. How do you handle that? How do you deal with that? Everything changed for them. You may be just like Joseph this morning, fearing loss. The loss of a job which translates to loss of money, 
possibly the loss of a home or your vehicle. I know what day we're living in. I know what the times of our economy are. Loss is very real. But do we have to feel that? This is what I want to bring to you today. You don't have to fear loss. God is in control. And it's not over till God says it's over. You haven't seen God provide quite yet for you like he's going to. It may not be like you thought he was going to do it. But I believe God still has something up his sleeve. And I believe God still has some surprises that he's not even let you know about yet. Stay faithful. Wait on the Lord. Listen for his voice. You may lose your name. You may lose your status. You may lose your job. But you don't have to fear it. When we fear loss, it holds back the blessing. Because we're afraid to risk. We're afraid to risk loving others. Well, they're going to be leaving me. They'll, they'll be in my life and out of my life. So we put up walls and we don't risk loving, letting people in. All of us probably have been hurt by somebody. Risk loving. We're afraid to risk investment. Investing because it hasn't turned out like we thought it would. Go ahead and invest. Afraid to just live life to its full. It turns out that Joseph would not lose Mary after all, and he would gain more than he could ever hope or imagine. There was one more fear that I saw that I want to share with you before we conclude today. It was the fear that gripped the shepherds in Luke chapter 2. They feared what I thought, just meeting God. <laughs> Now, verse number 8, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with that angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. The shepherd's fear was a little different than Mary's and Joseph's. The shepherds were fearful because of the glory of God. Many have shared this same fear, this fear and awe. Abraham, Moses, Job, Isaiah, Peter. They all feared the glory and awe and presence of God. But I believe they faced their fears and faced their sins. The glory of God is illuminating. 
It is, it is as a light shining. It shone its light on the shepherds that day, and it shines its light on us today. It contrasts that, that illuminating glory. It contrasts God's perfection with our imperfection. It contrasts God's holiness with our sinful nature. It reveals all sin. God's perfect and holy presence contrasted against our unholy and imperfect nature. This holiday season, this Christmas season, let the glory of the Lord shine in your life and in your home. Let the glory of God illuminate from you. You'll likely be rubbing shoulders and having conversations with people who aren't really serving God. Let the glory of the Lord shine on your life and through your life. I want you to remember this one word, and it is our text again. Bring that up, please, 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. God has given us power, love, and a sound mind. I want you to bow your heads all over this room. I want to pray with those today who may be dealing with fear on any level. Any level whatsoever. If you're dealing with fear, fear of the unexpected or the unknown, fear of personal loss perhaps, maybe it's fear of meeting God, fear of God's presence and God's glory. I want you to stand if that's you. There's just fear things going on in your life. With your head still bowed, I want you to hear this today. Fear is real. Again, folks, God hand-selected these people to be part of this great story. And they battled fear. They grappled with fear. It's one thing to just tell people, don't be afraid. But I want to say to you, bring your fear to God. Because you are afraid. So what do you do with the fear? You bring it to God. I want you just, if you're standing, just to lift your hands. And as you're lifting your hands, you are symbolically lifting your fear. just say, God, I give you my fear. I give you my anxiety. I give you all worry and doubt. I release this to you today. And whatever has brought this to me, whatever the situation is, I, I give this to you. 
Something has prompted this fear in you. You need to surrender that as well. Not just the fear now that you're, you're battling with, but what brought the fear, what caused the fear. Surrender that to God now. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would take all anxiety. There would be no fear this Christmas. As we surrender our lives and we surrender all of our feelings and all of our emotions, we surrender them to you. I pray, Lord, that you would speak peace. Speak peace to the troubled situations, the troubled hearts and lives. And we give you praise and we give you thanks. We pray this in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody, stand on your feet. And I will fear no evil. For my God is My God is with me. And if my God is with Whom then shall I fear? Whom then shall I blessing and God's favor in your life, but also praying that God would use you. God would use you mightily and God would use you powerfully. We have still a window of opportunity that is unlike any other time of the year. Hearts are open. Minds are, are open. If we will do our part and invite people, they would very likely come to a service like tonight. Carols, candles, and communion. Get out there and take advantage of this opportunity. Next Sunday, we have a one-hour service, and it will start at 9 o'clock. 9 to 10 o'clock. I want to be very conscientious of your time and courteous of your time. So, But if you'll come, I think it will be well worth your time here. That's 9 o'clock next week. Come tonight for the carols, candles, and communion. Until then, God bless you. Have a wonderful afternoon. Get on the phone today and invite somebody here tonight. Amen.